Papa do and how do you do? This is the Ask Jigsaw Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, and per usual, with me is Kuji. Hey, Kuji, how's it going? Hey, what's up? And a very unusual but special guest coming to us live from the pizza realm. It's Frankie. I don't hey, know. Frankie. I don't know if I like that intro. <laughs> unusual. <laughs> Thank, hi. Well, it's a, it's the third one we did. So it's it's great. It's great to see you both out here Skip's in the world. Do. Yeah, on the Zoom call, <laughs> high production value. We're like a real podcast now. Real podcast. So today, the three of us have come together to discuss Pixar's 22nd feature film, Onward. In times of old, the world was full of wonder and magic. But times change. I'm a mighty warrior! Morning, Mom! Hey, birthday boy! By the laws of yore, I must dub thee a man today. Kneel before me. That's okay. I have a gift from your dad. He just said to give you this when you were both over 16. <gasps> no way! It's a wizard staff. Dad was a wizard. What? Your dad was an accountant. This spell brings him back. For one whole day, Dad will be back. What? Back? Like back to life? That's not possible. It is with this. I'm going to meet Dad. So actually on the last pod where we discussed the 23rd movie, Soul, we're going, we're going back in time here. Uh, we mentioned that our dear friend Chelsea convinced us to restart the pod and get the band back together after a long hiatus. However, there was one man who felt a little slighted by that, and that man was you, Frankie. So, Yikes. <laughs> sorry, but Put thanks for... Putting me on Front Street, <laughs> on the pod, invite this... Was this like, <laughs> invite me in to attack me? Call me unusual? Say that I'm a... A rabble rouser. It was to invite you on to apologize, but I guess I'm not good at that. Oh, <laughs> no! I just, I, I just wanted to be on the pod. That's all. You, you guys made a triumphant return. I should have respected, you know, uh, going back to basics, doing it original style. But a little part of me was just like, hey, I want to be on that podcast. Mostly because I just miss podcasting. I figured there would be a lot more of it going on during uh, a time when we were made to stay indoors uh but i think somehow less podcasts got recorded than ever so that's a great point and yeah we had to kind of get you had to shake the rust off we had to get that first one back <laughs> under a belt and uh yeah i think we're finally at a point where uh we're just numb to all this and uh <laughs> that means we're primed to record pods again and you wanted to come on to discuss Onward, which unfortunately was released right at the beginning of America's uh, lockdown. So I think that too. I, yeah, I didn't really want to watch movies back then. I don't know. Right. Everyone was just trying was to scramble like around. Exactly a year ago. That's true. It was about a year ago today, I believe. And I think it was only in theaters for about two weeks before they ripped it out and put it onto yeah. streaming. Wild stuff. Very wild stuff. What a year. What a year, guys. <laughs> what well, a year we, we made it through. Did either of you, first of all, did either of you know it was a Pixar movie? Because I didn't. Oh. should have. But I totally didn't even realize it or recognize it as such. And and thus, I had no really desire to see it at all. <laughs> that's a, that's we discussed it on out. the last pod. We, we, we both were unsure. question. 
Yeah, <laughs> Frank. Did you know this was a Pixar movie? There well, I go. did. But now, now I'm thinking. Now, now I'm like imagining a world where like animated films to Kuji are like, is it a Pixar? All right, no, okay, don't care. You know, so it's just like the <laughs> the quotient attached to onward was based solely. It's like um, it's like your uh, if if this person in a movie makes the movie ten points better theory, Ethan. It's like the yep, the Pixar you. effect on it, you know. So that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I knew I knew just because you know of like being wired directly into the Disney apparatus in a number of ways. Um, how I guess this would have been like what three or so months after Disney Plus started, maybe five. When did when did Mandal- whenever Mandalorian started? Like then plus like two months, I think. Oh, that's like I don't know when Disney Plus actually launched, but this came out March sixth, twenty twenty. So close to a year ago, um, and yeah, I guess we're also kind of figuring out how to. I don't know if we want to watch new movies on streaming, if it kind of takes away some of the appeal. Yeah. We discussed that a little bit at the last pod. Um, Kuji, you'd mentioned that you saw Coco, which relates back to Frankie last, <laughs> last time you were on the pod, we discussed Coco. Yep. Kuji, you watch that in a, uh, a drive-in theater. Mm-hmm. Frankie, have you, uh, take it in any drive-in movies yeah uh when i was um i had to uh drive home from oregon to florida uh over the christmas break uh some family health issues and so i was there for a while and we went and saw some like christmas movies at the drive-thru so we saw elf and i think maybe it's a wonderful life or something like that couple classics i can say Mm -hmm. uh Elf was fun. Uh, wonderful Life. I don't know if it's just because it's a wonderful life, but not the best uh, drive-in movie movie to watch. I was getting a little sleepy. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Uh, okay. I thought maybe you just talked about that. I get a little depressed. Well, you know, it's it's that, you know, your whole seasonal affective disorder. Uh, somehow the first week that I was back in Florida, it was actually cold for Florida. So there was a lot going on, and it was – very conducive to a warm car that I was falling asleep in 100%. Um, I don't know if I said it on last spot, but I went and watched stand by me oh. in a drive-in, which feels very good for, I don't know. It's very drive-in, you know, retro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, of course I'm an idiot. And like fucking my car died in the, <laughs> the movie. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Okay. Well, that's the thing you, cause now they don't have like the little speaker boxes. Now it's like your car stereo. But then how do you – you're supposed to keep your car on the entire time? I guess it's yeah. like the uh, the engine is off, but the battery is on, and then you have to turn your car back on. Like you have to actually crank it every now and again, but that seems like super annoying if people are trying to watch the movie next to you and like cars are turning on like a couple rows over and stuff. So, yeah, it's not a very good With- – what they should do is instead of intermission, they should have like, all right, time to crank your engines. And then it's just like <laughs> every 20 minutes. Minute. CO2 yeah, dump. Yeah. Big CO2 dump. <laughs> yeah. Everybody get behind a car. I guess you could, uh, maybe they, maybe the move is to like, they have a Bluetooth 
aspect to it and then you like bring like headphones or something so like the car can be off you're still sitting in the car but then it's like it's almost like uh those silent discos or whatever but it's just everyone sitting in a car watching the movie but i don't know yeah it's not a bad idea or just like chain a pair of speakers to you know <laughs> yeah. like before just <laughs> they they've got like well it, i guess you have to trust people to not take off at them but you know i got like a bunch of daisy chain jbl speakers that they're just handing out to people <laughs> in the cars <laughs> and it's just like yeah boom don't turn the bass up too much yeah we'll just put a deposit down give them your <laughs> right, like wallet you and they give you the speaker there you I go like it Dang, we're, 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 I didn't realize we we're going to be revolutionizing drive-in movie theaters on this pod. Now's the this time. Is like an entrepreneurship podcast. Oh yeah, we? all we all you need is one of those uh, inflatable, like uh, pool slide things. You can double up. You just use the backside of the inflatable pool as the screen, and then you have the pool that you can use in the summertime. There you go. There you go. These are free ideas. Tips and tricks. If I find like a a part like just some public land and I turn it into a drive-in, can I claim squatters' rights on it? You think it might? You might be in an imminent domain situation, or just say that you're you're, you know, <laughs> taking it on behalf of the U.S. government, and then you know, just like everything else, just challenge people to show you that you're wrong, and then you probably get a good two or three months out of it. So just make as much money as you can. And then as soon as That's people good. rolled up, you're out of there. Yeah, not a bad idea. It's a great thing about Florida. So it's a great thing about inflatables yeah. is they deflate. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There's some more. There's some more. Uh, what else just, do you need here? We got it yeah, all. Yeah, call, <laughs> call in. Call the one eight hundred number. So speaking of deflated budgets, great. Uh, <laughs> solid. Yeah. <laughs> Like we were saying, uh, you know, Onward was released at a pretty bad time. And uh, I think, like we were saying, kind of, you know, got lost in the shuffle there. So I don't, like we mentioned on last but I don't really know how they even capture these, you know, box office returns now for streaming. But it was the, the first uh, negative return since the Pixar classic, The Good Dinosaur, 2015. Yep, Sam Elliott vehicle <laughs> yeah the big sam elliott vehicle he was the star stars of this movie though we had tom holland as spider-man mm-hmm. chris pratt as uh guardian of the galaxy guy star lord star lord that's right no tom holland was uh the the main guy that the teenage elf ian lightfoot chris pratt his brother barley lightfoot uh, then we had the mother, Laura Lightfoot, as Julie Louis-Dreyfus, returning Pixar voice actor from 22 years prior in A Bug's Life. Isn't that crazy? Whoa. You know, I, I didn't even recognize her voice until like I looked it up afterwards. Really? I feel like I should have, but I, it actually made me very upset with myself. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm bad. Yeah. Come on. I think yeah. I might have. I think this was like the reverse effect that you had Kuji with not really knowing that this was a Pixar movie, because I had seen all of the uh, like ads for it. That's. I think that's the only reason I knew that was her voice. Uh, I think otherwise I would have been like, "This is probably someone," but I have no idea who it is. But because I'd seen, really? you know, you know, Tom Holland, 
Chris Pratt, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Octavia Spencer, you know, like, all that stuff in there. I, I knew I knew the names. Well, I feel like she's, like, putting on, like, a little Midwestern-y kind of affectation to her voice, like the the centaur husband guy. <laughs> centaur husband. Because uh, he's, like, a cop from Chicago. Right. Voiced by Mel Rodriguez, but the whole time I thought it was Bob Odenkirk doing a voice. <laughs> oh, God. Am I the only one that thought that? That that would have been great. I was trying to place it the whole time, and I couldn't. Yeah, you you recognize the guy, but I don't I don't really know what I know him from. Yeah, I'm um, looking at him right now. He looks like that guy. He looks, yes. like that's he how looks, they do. He it. looks and sounds like that guy. It's like a he's, <laughs> he's one of them. Oddly enough. Uh, well, speaking of the voices, actually, uh, I was I guess I was gonna say that to the end. But d- did you overall like the voice acting in this movie? From your Chris Pratt's, your Julie Louis-Dreyfus, who you think put on a Midwestern affect. Um, uh, Fra- Kuji, we'll start with you. Uh, uh, yeah. I forgot I got to rally a couple guys <laughs> right, here. Right. <laughs> can't just volley a question up into this nothingness. Um, I thought Tom Holland was good. I mean, I, we've all heard him being like the young like Spider-Man character where he's like, kind of a doofus and like unsure of himself and stuff and that's he kind of goes down that road chris pratt i I, we talked about it briefly before we started here but (laughs) i have some issues with him outside of Mm -hmm. of of the industry but sure sure i also thought it wasn't very fitting role for him i don't know if you have a similar feeling to that well frankie what did you what did you think at least from yeah the main guys Tom Holland, Chris yeah, Pratt. I, I, um, I'm going to register those same issues with, uh, he's the least of the Chris's I can say, as far as the Chris wars are concerned. Um, yeah, that's but, canon. But yeah, I thought that there was, there was an aspect of, I think some people have like the, the spot in their voice acting where they're going for it and they're trying too hard. And more often than not, he was, like, dipping into the trying too hard, um, which I get it. You know, like, that's part of the character and everything and that he's, like, overcompensating for stuff. But I think when you have, like, a voice that's kind of as well-known as his is and you've also got, like, you know, him from the Lego movie and stuff like that where he's kind of similar energy and stuff, it's, uh, I don't know. It, there, there's, I think, a larger conversation to be had about just – stars doing voice acting as opposed to like voice actors doing voice acting um but yeah i i thought that tom holland was good because he was just being himself and then chris pratt was less good because he was basically just being himself too all right so how about this i disagree with both of you oh <laughs> tom holland i thought pod was over too chill <laughs> pod over <laughs> Uh, I thought Tom Holland was too chill. I like when they get a little crazy and goofy with it. You're supposed to be, uh, you know, over the top. That's that's what you want from a animated character. And honestly, I think everyone did a great job, other than Tom Holland. But I will say, I think he got better throughout the movie. By the end, he seemed to be a little bit more lively. But maybe I guess just the beginning is, you know, starting out as like a little awkward character. Uh, I just I, I wasn't into it. Chris Pratt, I mean, I'll be honest, I thought he did really well. <laughs> All problematicness aside and the fact that he's the worst Chris in the acting sphere, yeah, oh, uh, sure. he did good in this. 
Now, could we have gotten maybe a Jack Black to do the role even better? Of course we could have. But that I think is like perfect casting for that. He even kind of looks like Jack Black. I mean, yeah, he, he like really the character does. is Jack Black, basically. If, if you had like Parks and Rec era Chris Pratt doing it, I think it'd be a different story. Because I think back then he embraced that part of himself. But I think now he kind of like he's like big league and everybody. I think he like I think he thinks this might be going way too like <laughs> deep into his psyche. <laughs> but I think he I think he's like thinks he's too good for that sort of character so i think them trying to like ask him to play that he's trying too hard to overcompensate the fact that he's like buff and like a hunk now (laughs) you know i yeah i think you're clouding your judgment with how much you hate chris pratt which is totally valid (laughs) it might might be it might be a little bit of that i think that's valid and fair criticism but yeah i mean just my opinion i thought he nailed it okay so let's let's get into it then. So, the synopsis of the movie is our Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. They're two Elvin brothers that embark on a quest to bring their father back for one day. Father had uh, passed when they were younger. Uh, when Chris Pratt's character Barley uh, was still young, and Tom Holland was too young to even have any memories of him. Now. The film was inspired by uh, the death of the director, Dan Scanlon's father. He and his brother were uh, very young children. And he, similar to the movie, decided to write the, the story after hearing an audio clip of his father. 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 So that's father. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I wanted to ask you, Kuji, did you have any thoughts on the uh, intro music over the castle? Because I know you did when you watched Soul. You know what? I even like rewatched it today, and I cannot tell you what the sound was. It was that <laughs> remarkable to me. So, was it not Star Warsian, Frankie? It. Or am I? It was. It was like, you know, fantasy driven. You know, it was, it was definitely like you know not not as clever as it was with Soul, or as you know well executed enough to be memorable as Souls was, but. Yeah, it's definitely something. I, I I like that they do that. You know, they kind of change it. You know, sometimes the castle will look different or, you know, the music will be different. I think that's pretty pretty smart. But, yeah, did, not, did, not did they groundbreaking. I don't – I'm starting to forget what the actual normal intro sounds like. but uh, <laughs> It's like orchestral too, but it's – Yeah, please. That's what I wanted. Just yeah, sing it. Yeah. <laughs> I always think of, like, the um, the VHS one – where there's like it's very like uh, synthy and stuff, and there's like a little mm. synth uh, like treble at the end. It's, it's great, you know, because it has oh. it has like the 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 D like it does the mm. whole thing and all that. Bring that back. That's what I want. Yeah, bring back VHS. Well, and also well, the so- um, there was like a fanfare uh, that they had in like that. I think it might have just been Toy Story only, or maybe Toy Story and Toy Story Two. But like it was very actiony sounding stuff, like before you know like, all the rest of it came in, and it's very it's very difficult to find. You can't like find like someone's handy cam version of it like on YouTube, and it's great. But I'll play that just to just to get hype. I used to remember just like <laughs> cracking crack cracking open the Toy Story box and that song coming on. 
great stuff. Bring it this back. Is, this is rare nostalgia we need to recapture. Yes, I'm gonna have to, maybe I'll just like re-record it, uh, but like <laughs> with all fake instruments, like through you know, uh, like Garage Band, Garage Band. <laughs> yeah, and I'll post it. What is it with with all the studio logo? Like the remember the TriStar with like the Pegasus, like that was like the coolest logo ever. And then they like make it like oh cool, it's like all shiny and there's like gears and shit. Yeah, but like. I don't know. There used to be cooler ones. They're like Canon films had like really cool intro, like little slides and stuff. The mm. the Columbia lady used to be like yeah. a lot more cool looking, and the the MGM also like yeah, just just leave it. The it's real fun. lion, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, funny you mentioned the Pegasus because in the intro they're they're talking about how this world was <laughs> magical, and then the, they have a Pegasus fly across, but I. He like pauses for a second. Was that not a uh, uh, homage to TriStar? Is that something you were picking up, Frankie? I I mean, it could have been. I I think it was difficult for me to uh, take the pe- Pegasi. What is multiple Pegasus? Pegasuses? Pegasaurus. <laughs> all all memories of any regality that they had uh, go out the window pretty early in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, they ruined Pegasus for kids. Well, yeah, <laughs> or like, unicorns or what? I, it was saying? well, I guess you, unicorns don't have wings. Well, Pegasus is just one horse, right? I don't know. <laughs> That's true. I'm not Greek. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but yeah, I also thought the same thing. Like the second they showed, they showed them a couple times. Is like there's like the fill in for like any like ravenous, dirty ass animal that they can find. I didn't like that. They're I know it's like, hey, you like put like the trope on its head. They're like these regal, beautiful creatures. And then look, they're gross. But I don't think it worked like they thought it did. Well, from what I read, that's how they were originally portrayed in myths, as like, like raccoons. Like raccoons. <laughs> well, maybe not like raccoons. <laughs> not going through your trash can, but like a little scary. Like back up, not the regal ones we we think of today. So huh. it's actually. Going back to the original mess, which is turning it on its head, but or something. that might just be like horsies. You know, they they're aggressive. If you go up to them, they'll bite your ass. You know, like you don't want to fuck true. with a horse. Better bring an Horses apple. Horses are scary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's funny. I was I was thinking it's, it's uh, to get super super deep. It's a veiled uh, criticism of of America because it's like have you ever seen the videos of like bald eagles in Alaska? It's, yeah, it's, there's just like a million of them. Like, yeah, and they're like for scraps. Uh, yeah, they're attacking like a dumpster outside of like a food place or whatever, and they sound like seagulls. You know, it's kind of like that. It's just like, oh yeah, the symbol of American exceptionalism and stuff is really just like a dirty trash grounder. <laughs> and not to continually get off track, but <laughs> I I only recently learned that like the the eagle noise that we all know is like a red-tailed hawk. Yep. Not an actual yeah. bald eagle. We live in lies. Like the, like the. <laughs> like that, that was really exactly good. That, that was Thanks. super good. <laughs> yeah, the the bald eagle's normal like sound that it makes is a lot closer to like seagulls than it is to that awesome sound that you just made. I think the seagull sound should be like the ne- the state sound of of Florida. Oh, or something like it, that. Tracks. <laughs> it's, yeah. it tracks. It tracks. 
Oh man. Or the Sandhill Crane. Love that one too. The whoop. That's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Love those whoops. Uh, um, when when I was back in Florida, those uh, cranes. I was driving to see my aunt. And she has this really long driveway, and there's about 15 of them in the driveway, and they would not move. <laughs> it would not Classic move. Classic cranes. So good. Can't be bothered. And they're endangered, so you can't touch them either. Right. I was just like, yeah, and I, I think mean, they know that. <laughs> yeah, they do. They walk around like they they're know They're taking that. full advantage of it. I had to, like, call my aunt and be like, hey, I'm, I'm just, I'm, in, I'm down the way. I'm here. I just, I'm going to be a little late because of the Waiting on these cranes. <laughs> The, well, I, an, an undisclosed member of my family um, used to have chickens in his yard, and one time a bald eagle came to try to eat one of them, and he shot it with a pellet gun, oh. which I'm pretty sure is a felony. <laughs> but probably, they take it down. No, it it, uh, it went away. They're too but tough then for that. it didn't matter because raccoons ate them like the next day anyway. But. It's tough the, having the chickens, chicken. Apparently, the raccoon ate the chicken. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why he's an undisclosed family member. Yeah, just raccoons back. ate my family member. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting back to what you said earlier, Frankie, we think it's like a shot at American exceptionalism. Um, so we're introduced to the world. There used to be magic and wizards and elves, and everyone was, you know very much living in that realm and then cut to they've discovered electricity i guess and now everyone's lazy because they have all these uh advancements that make life very easy for them which made me think i mean what's the what's like the first message you're getting from this movie is it anti-capitalist is it anti-technology um, did you pick any of that up frankie well i would I was thinking, like, it, it was very interesting to kind of, you know, do the fast forward of what, like, an alternate, like, fantasy world would be like, you know, because you know, think about just our, well, not American history, because we just basically been, you know, guns and fire for a really long time, but, you know, like England mm-hmm. or something like that, where, you know, there were actual castles and everything, and they're essentially just like us but with like a weird accent um so maybe less guns but you know whatever um (laughs) so i think it's that but to me it was like more of uh as i maybe more as the movie progressed uh an environmentalist type movie i felt like the magic and kind of the connection there was more attuned with like returning to nature and kind of like you know, uh, respecting the earth and stuff like that and kind of connecting to, like, these preternatural forces as opposed to being, like, modernized, uh, like, electronics and stuff like that. Uh, but, I mean, you know, anti-environmental stuff is usually pro-capitalist stuff, so I think that those things are part and parcel. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and that actually kind of... I guess we'll get to it later, but... Um... They were, you know, rejecting taking the major highway because that would have sent them the wrong way. So, yeah, I think that that tracks. That's, uh, yeah, you picked up on Bear and I did. So, <laughs> so we introduced this world. It's, you know, now, you know, they're quote unquote modern day of this magical realm. And we have uh, the two brothers, Ian and Barley. It's Ian's 16th birthday. 
uh, and as such, he is given a gift from his deceased father via his mother, his thick mother, and <laughs> we'll get to that. And it's a it's a staff. His his father was some kind of uh, part time wizard, apparently. Well, the the wizard aspect is a little muddled, where it's like some people are. It's like 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 the x gene where like some people are just born with it and their magic (laughs) (laughs) and some people just don't have it Mm -hmm. yeah because that uh, they are given a a spell with the staff to bring the father back for a day barley the older brother who's very much into the lore of of the magic realm and plays a game similar to dungeons dragons uh, isn't unable to say the the incantation and make the magic work, but the brother Ian is, of course. So that kind of starts it off. And like you're saying, I guess some people are bored with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> stepping back a little bit, though, did did you guys like the representation of this like modern yet medieval magical realm? Where they're still living in mushrooms, but they drive cars, and there's highways, and they're watching P90X videos. I I thought <laughs> it was have a dragon for a pet. I thought it was clever in a way that it's just like you know it's it's kind of in tune with what Pixar does a lot, where it's um you know doing like the day in the life of some thing and it's like you know oh they're just like us they do this or whatever they have the same kind of problems and it's just like maybe it's fish maybe it's dinosaurs maybe it's cars um and now it's just like maybe it's fantasy characters which is a pretty like you know close analog to just normal humans so it's a little i guess it's a little bit easier to stick the landing um Mm -hmm. it's it's another thing that as the movie goes on you kind of see that maybe it could have maybe maybe if this was like a I don't know I was gonna say a picture book which is like I don't know how old I am to say picture book <laughs> yeah um, but if this was like the uh, pre story to what the movie actually was where like you know they had kind of restarted magic in this place you know and like it was more of a story about that like still in keeping with the you know the very tonally resonant story that the director wrote and like you know was a part of and everything but it just kind of seemed like the story was also trying to be about like getting back to magic and that being something uh, that people were yearning for but weren't really going after and then it was just these two brothers that like while they were trying to get their dad to come back for a day also kind of reignited the spark of magic across the land it just it was where it ends up makes the whole journey a little bit weirder because it's just like, well, what was this story actually about? So it, it's kind mm-hmm. of it's kind of weird. It's like one of those things where at the end of the movie, you maybe think less of what the story was because of where it ends up. I, I agree. Um, it seems like they, they kind of didn't go far enough with that part of it, like reintroducing magic to the realm. Um, whereas like they, they maybe could have, picked one path or the other I like, don't even worry about that or focus on that as well and like I don't know like you're saying goes like a environmentalist message where you're mm-hmm. you're getting everyone to reconnect with with nature um, 
but yeah, it's like they kind of touched on it a little bit here and there, and then by the end, it's like, yeah, there's you no know, pixies are flying again, but everything else seems basically the same. Uh, yeah, I thought it was, I mean, it was sort of like hmm. the magic wasn't too far out of like their like memory because they when like he's like hey i might have spelled to like resurrect me they weren't like crazy surprised or anything <laughs> but i don't know i couldn't tell if it was like it was like sort of like wally like hey we're like lazy and we don't do things for ourselves anymore but then also mm-hmm. i don't think it, it I, yeah i was unsure like what direction they were trying to go in like like people try i don't, I don't know well, I, yeah. one of the one of the more interesting like versions of it, right? Uh, like the over the course of the movie, is the what's the boyfriend, the mom's boyfriend, Colt, I think, right? Colt. So like, yeah, horse cop. He's, he's a a cop who's a, a centaur, so he is his own mode of transportation. But he was like driving a car, right? And yeah. then by yeah. the end of the movie, he decides that he wants to use his legs again um and again it's kind of like yeah almost wally-esque right like people are kind of like by by whatever means whether it be the story or a creature within the story or whatever are kind of like yeah i want to go back to the way that things used to be um you know start developing muscles and hopefully my (laughs) bones will attach back to themselves so they're just floating around in jelly um but yeah it's 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 I think I think that's kind of like one of the issues with the movie overall is kind of like what is this actually about besides you know the journey and the dad right which yeah like like Wally the other example they went all the way with that message and of yeah. course nailed it because that's the best um, yeah. this one yeah a little little half half assing I I also think this succeeds where like a movie like Bright like super <laughs> messed it up Forgot where they right. made it like specifically about racism mm-hmm. where this kind of like just which is it's easier to do when like a kid's movie when you don't have those nuances but also you don't have to bring it up like there's all different types of creatures and stuff and they don't really like stereotype any of them or anything like that they just kind of like right. coexist and there's not really a question yeah I, I guess when you're trying to adapt uh, a message over like fantasy it's better to go under than way the fuck over (laughs) yeah did you see bright frankie uh i think part of part of the whole conversation around it made me wait a really long time to watch it so i didn't want to drive the metrics on it you know because like Mm. I i read articles about it i kind of got an idea of what the problems with it were um and it was also like getting a lot of run with a lot of people that I didn't uh, don't like, you know, they're just like, oh, Ooh. this movie is great, you know, whatever. Mm. And I'm just like, mm, I don't know about that. So I think I watched it maybe like sometime this last year when, you know, we all basically had nothing but time. And it was just like, you know, it was like a half watch. I think I was vacuuming or something and it didn't do anything for me. <laughs> but yeah, it was just like, it, it makes itself very apparent really quick not to not to be the shit on bright podcast but yeah it's just like <laughs> sure, okay. the problems with it are early and, and so if you want to compare the two this is like way better good, fuck off go. bright 
<laughs> uh, and with all those, you know, different characters we have here, we have elves, centaurs, trolls, uh, pixies, pixies, manticores. Hell yeah, manticores, great. Um, do you guys like the the character models? Because one thing I'll say, I I think I know the internet incepted this thought into my head, but I couldn't get the thought out of my mind that Tom Holland's character was a mix of Alfredo and Ratatouille. <laughs> Some weird sex oh. child between the uh, shelf and rat and Ratatouille. So oh, I kind of wish they hadn't don't like that. left that open. You're right, though. They, those characters do look identical, basically. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's, it's, uh, it's hopefully not something that they get too far into and, in, like, you know, how DreamWorks, basically every character, every face on every character is exactly the same like they mm. all have like weird different body shapes but they all do like the one Not raised eyebrow you yeah. know and yeah Can't it's just it. like yeah it's like boss baby and megamind are the exact same person <laughs> but uh kuji you like the uh thick elf bomb right <laughs> oh you know it. what a setup <laughs> <laughs> how could you not yeah with that ju- Julie Louis Dreyfus Midwestern twang? Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been my dream for years. <laughs> there was kind of a weird dynamic in the beginning where she's like wrestling with the sons and they're like, was I the only one picking that up? I think so. <laughs> do, yeah. do I watch a little bit too much uh, questionable Are you content? saying you think they like all bang or something? Is that what you're uh, I'm not saying it. We can move on from that. <laughs> I thought it was, well... I guess I don't know where we are in the story part of it, but yeah, we're all over. I think it's weird that the D and D set that he has is like the exact history of like their world. Mm. Yeah, that also yeah kind of calls the question like how long ago were they doing magic? Uh, it doesn't seem too long ago. Is but I like, did have. Is the analog like us playing Risk? Is that kind of... Uh, that's, a good, that's a good point. I think maybe, like, even more nerdy, like, Axis and Allies. Oh. Like that deep, deep game. Gotcha. But... Well... I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess they needed that, like... Because they had this MacGuffin, which was, like, the, the crystal. Mm-hmm. And they needed some way to, like, get away to it. I just wish maybe it wasn't as direct, like... It was like, hey, we take hints from this, and then we. Mm-hmm. It's like a metaphor for something in the real world. It kind of, like, um, not to like put too fine a point on it, but kind of like how they did it in uh, like Stranger Things season one, where like the kids were using D and D to kind of explain the crazy shit that was going on in their lives. You know, like naming, you know, these extra dimensional monsters after like actual D and D things and stuff, and. You know, like the split yeah. in reality as like you know something from D and D, whereas like instead of that, it's like oh, this is this is exactly where we need to go <laughs> and exactly what our life is like. Yeah. yeah, here's a map to this ancient Manticore's tavern, <laughs> which is still there, <laughs> and is now still like a Chuck E. Cheese same or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that reveal was I thought that was funny though, that it's like a TGI Fridays now. <laughs> that was good, but. Re- before we get to that, I did want to ask, uh, Frankie, do you have ever played D&D? Oh, I'm, I'm a, 
well they say, they call it a GM now, but yeah. Oh, yeah. a I, I run I run a, I run a game that's been on hiatus when I, since I've been in school, but it's supposed to be starting back up soon. Okay, perfect. I was going to be disappointed if you said no to that question. <laughs> what about you two? I've not Kuji. Have you? Uh, yeah, I'm in one campaign. We need like once every other week. Would it be too much to ask to reveal any character names here? Or is that too personal? I don't know d and I'm sorry if I'm crossing <laughs> lines here. Uh, I, I could say like... Or attributes. My players' names, I suppose. Uh, if there's any good ones, you know, any fun see. ones. Um, like Jimothy like, the Round is one of our players. <laughs> yeah, that's, is, that's is a very is a very portly halfling that plays a uh, like a some kind of small stringed instrument that doubles as a crossbow. So yeah, that that's what that's the type of stuff we got going on in our game. Yeah, who was the uh, oh, community they had that D and D episode with Hector the Well Endowed? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, there's some pretty good ones in our campaign. We have my my guy's name. I went to a random letter uh, generator and just made a name out of it. So my guy's name is Elmro Huzz. <laughs> I'm a dwarf. A dwarf. Uh, nice. We also have a Nerf Nerf Niblin. Nerf. Uh, is the name. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like no, it's a species. It's like a oh, it's sort of like gun. a goblin, a Nerf Niblin. Oh man, whatever. I don't know the the race of character because it's a difficult word to say. Uh, but we also have Elf Daddy, who's an elf. <laughs> elf Daddy, that's good. He's an elf, of course. Yeah, a thick Elf Daddy. I like it. it, it that would be incredible if if that was a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that'd be next level irony i think kuja i think i know the word that you're trying to say and i also do not know how to pronounce it it's like i think yeah. it's like starts with like an sv or something right yeah it's like some weird norwegian word yeah it's, mm. it's Nor- norwegian wood <laughs> yeah knowing she would um i have not played D. I i feel like i should at some point i'm not opposed to it although i am i feel like i'm a little afraid there's a lot of like you got to be very open, right? And like, it's an intimate game. Am I mistaken? It just depends commit. on who's. It depends really on who's hard. running it. Like some people okay, take it super true. serious. I don't know, like how serious your game is, Kuji, but our game is not really serious at all. It's kind of like, you know, I'm not really worried about like some people get really specific on like walking speed and running speed and how you get <laughs> to places and whatever. It's just like, tell me how you want to attack that thing. We'll roll some dice if it works cool tell me how how that attack happens and if it fails i'll tell you how you failed that's basically how we rerun everything i've i've played the first game i ever played was like that and but it was like a group of like six people have never played before right. so it like doesn't work out because then everyone's too afraid to do anything yeah i also played nice. with some like actors from where i used to work like actual actors and they were mm. were they played all the time and so they were very vocal and like good at everything because they're used to performing and so then it just kind of like was their journey and we were just kind of there <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of a bummer but the game playing now it's yeah it's really casual okay 
uh, yeah, maybe post. Don't be afraid. Yeah, post, it's, it's yeah, I won't fun, be dude. afraid. Okay. It's it's, okay. it's 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 the only thing that sucks about it is it's kind of like um, trying to find a drummer to start a band with. Like you got to just find someone who will run the game, and from there it's kind of a little bit easier. Uh, but it, if you can't find someone to run the game, it's that's just tough because then it's just like, all right, well, who of our like group of five or six is going to do it then, and have to like take notes and narrate and shit while everyone else is just like, yeah, I want to cast fucking fireballs all over the place. And it's just like, I want to cast fireballs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if I have any friends organized enough for that. <laughs> and I'm sure I would get too hung up on like the stupid minute details of like the name and just like bring just it go, all to Just go to the, the Wu-Tang Clan uh, rapper <laughs> name generator and that can just be your name. You know what? Next time, what... What I did early on, which was helpful, is uh, we went to Penny Arcade convent, the Penny Arcade convention in Philly. Oh, nice! And they just have tables like you go and you. There's like DMs that already have everything set up, and you just go and they just lead you through, and it's like one like small like side quest, and then you're done, and it kind of like gets you into it where it's just like, okay, like I play for like a couple hours and that's it, and then you kind of like feel it out. I think it's the best way to like get into it. Oh, interesting. Well, next time we can travel to Philly, then uh, we we can we can go. Put in the books. All right. Um, speaking of traveling, our, bro- <laughs> our brothers is now this have the ad read. This is this is the ad yeah, read. Uh, this is Roman ad. <laughs> Having troubles traveling downstairs? I don't know. <laughs> uh. So we should do fake ads on this pod, but that's for – it's already too late. Next time. Uh, I was going to mention, so the the brothers are now on the quest, and uh, Barley, the older brother, drives his van, Guinevere. And um, I found out that Pixar was sued by someone who created the mural that is used for that van. Like she has the like an actual van that she – built from scratch put on like a hers has a unicorn on it guinevere has a pegasus of course um but they used it in the promotion promotional tour for onward and then uh she never got you know a cut of anything so she Uh, sued them and and actually won and they said that yeah the reason why they they never like got her in on it or whatever the producer of onward said uh because at the time the movie didn't have a title, and without a title, you can't sign a non-disclosure agreement. Very strange, <laughs> but fair enough. <laughs> okay, that that, that I seems don't think that's true. Yeah, that that seems uh, like real legalese kind of like bullshit, but whatever. Yeah, very weird. I but feel like, like this woman. I, she... I feel like you can cut a check. Just cut a check, man. Yeah, or something. I don't know. But they didn't tell her they were going to have, like, this van in the movie. Right. Um, and then when she saw it, she's like, hold up, that's my van. <laughs> Weird. Which is, which is to say, I, I've always wanted a van like this. My uncle had a similar van, a Dodge Ram van. Did it have anything kid. painted on the side of it? It did not. It had just, oh. I think it was a classic brown, whatever, maybe some it, stripes. It wasn't white, unmarked. <laughs> it did have windows. <laughs> And it's one of those things that's like pretty deep in my the recesses of my brain. So I may have been making some of, up some of the details, 
but I thought it, it had a TV in it with the AV hookup. And so mm. we hooked up our Super Nintendo to it. Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the greatest thing. Yeah. What, like what, if you had one, boy. what would you guys get painted on the side of it? Ooh, that's a great question. And what would you name it, too? Oh. Kuji, can you feel that? I don't know. you got a pretty great background right now, Kuji. You might just want to put that on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scatman Crothers. Yeah. <laughs> Scatman Crothers in bed. <laughs> just uh, on the side. I wonder. I, I haven't really thought about that. Ooh. I feel like I might do some... I mean, it's got to be like over the top and like... I feel like I might do some Dragon Ball Z shit on there, like Super Saiyan 7 Vegeta or something. like <laughs> Vangita? crazy. Yeah. Or like, yeah, like him doing a Gallic gun and it's like shooting out the back or something like that. You know, like, you got to get really crazy with it. A lot of airbrushing. That could be the like the, like the racing stripe, you know, like that wraps yeah. around the van. That would be pretty dope. That's true. I mean, if you did put Scat Man on the side, you can call it the Scat Van. <laughs> that's true. I don't think that's something you want to be advertising. <laughs> Just put Scat on the side, and they know it's a van, so they know it's a Scat Van. That's that's what the Sarasota bus system is called. It's the Sarasota County Area Transport. Oh, no. Oh. Scat. <laughs> oh, no. That needed some qa work (laughs) (laughs) how how did that get all the way to letterhead and so no one was like hold on a second this looks familiar i actually knew about the scat bus before i knew what the word scat meant (laughs) so i remember some we were in the woods one time and one of my friends was like boy scouts he was like i think i saw i think i saw some scat over there i'm like (laughs) And I looked, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't think the bus is right out here. <laughs> Very confused. It took me years before uh, I realized. Yeah, I don't know what I paint on the side of my van. But, yeah, so I'd probably go traditional, just some wizards. Some big, big-breasted big wizards, probably. Mm. <laughs> like Gandalf with just, like, yeah, <laughs> big rack on him. You got... Sure, yeah, big beard. Like exactly. like like gender swap. What could you want? Gandalf. <laughs> yeah, Gandalf the well endowed. Ooh, called Vandolf. And Big Dong. Just get everything. <laughs> there you go. There you go. This uh I would think I would want to have something like interactive where mm. like the picture changes when you like open the door, you know? Like how it has like the slide over. I think I'd want something to like reveal or something like that when it when you close the van back, something along those lines. Yeah, you have to have or some like, kind of name on the side, and then when you close it, it's like it's right or something, something really know. terrible when it's open, <laughs> yeah. and then you close it, and you're like, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I think I would name my van Apollonia. I always felt like that would be a good name for a car. That is a good name for a car. Not a great name for a person, but perfect <laughs> name for a car. Yeah, yeah. Name my van Arangelo. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned earlier, could you the uh, the Manticore Tavern you enjoyed? They get there, mm-hmm. it looks all dark and spooky, but when they get inside, it's just like a Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. Which is strange because, like, when they reveal it later, it very much is brightly lit and very obviously a Chuck E. Cheese. But you know. Yeah. Pedantics. Um, 
I did. The- also, their dad, like his fake body they put on him, is very much like weekend at Bernie's vibes. <laughs> oh it's yeah, I guess good. I didn't even mention that. Yeah, they. Yeah. He comes halfway back, just the legs. What did you guys? Bit. What did you guys think about that from just like a comedy standpoint? Like you know, that's clearly like the mo- so was inserted in there to be like the most comical aspect of the movie that hit for you guys well the only thing i I didn't like is that uh of the little marketing i saw like they they revealed that in the trailer so Mm. i feel like it kind of you know took away the the punch from me but kuji you didn't even know it was a pixar movie so did you know there was uh (laughs) legs as the bit i did see that i was more like racking my brain the whole time trying to figure out like what senses he had because it kind of like was up in the air the whole time and i was thinking about like what kind of tortured existence it would be to like be half and like just, i guess the spiritual the other realm. half <laughs> is just screaming in like whatever yeah. other realm yeah good thing it was just the bottom half the top half would like, be a little bit more clearly clearly more the legs could hear you know so that was a thing yeah, and they could feel vibrations. I don't know. The legs had complex emotions at points, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, they did. Yeah, they did emote somehow through the legs, which was, I guess, a feat in, in and of itself. Which was pretty affecting, I will say. Like you know, like the subtle like dad foot pats on the on the foot. I was just like, <laughs> that's kind of cute. I'll, I'll give it that, you know. Yeah, yeah. They set up that barley. I guess when he was a kid, he used to play drums on the dad's feet, so that that kind of worked out. So they could. I mean, he just did like shaving a haircut. That's all. Yeah. Really... <laughs> I know. I wish it was something a little bit more unique, but <laughs> yeah. Transcends. Actually, uh, I think that that's a that's a really good point that they should have just not put any of the actual dad stuff in there. Like, just made it seem like the whole movie was about the quest to get the whole dad not just half the dad and so it would have been like really shocking to oh shit it's just legs (laughs) (laughs) yeah what if at the end they only got the legs we did all that oh man that would be wild what if it was like half but like horizontally (laughs) you you mean mean vertically vertically yes of course yeah they did it horizontally yeah yeah yeah. I always confuse those. That would be even even better. The screaming on that would be a lot more. <laughs> Half scream. It's just like, is he just like, I don't know, like a blue void in the middle? Or can you like see mm-hmm. his bones and guts and everything? <laughs> and yeah, it's just like, yeah. There, There's a lot of stuff that it, it opens up a lot of questions. It, it does. And, you know, a question I actually had too. Um, it's a common theme we, we see in Pixar movies. Uh but it seems like Pixar has daddy issues. Am I mistaken, Frankie? I let's see. Uh, Andy has dead. no dad. Yep, he's gone. Don't uh, really know where he is. Nemo hates Marlin at first. Yep. Um. In the good dinosaur, does the I think both the parents die, right? No, just the dad dies. Just the dad. I believe. Um, but it's. Buzz Lightyear's dad is his mortal enemy. Inside Out, the dad's an asshole. Yes. Jack's yes. your family yeah. in San Francisco. In Soul, the dad's dead, too. 
That's true. Yeah, it's it's almost like That's a true. it's like a reverse of like the Disney animated where it's always you know like mom issues or mom is mm. gone or whatever you know stepmom yeah it's it's just like yeah we're gonna do that but with dads <laughs> they they maybe they ushered in the um like the weird relationships with dad era that we live in right now not that they've never existed before there was all this stuff but it's very much more like dad driven stuff right now which is weird yeah. Do you think Pixar only hires dadless people to work <laughs> so they can get a good feel? Pixar is just yeah. like the like the biggest most uh, profitable dead dad club that there is. <laughs> it's guaranteed good content. They, they got their uh, their system down pat. Mm-hmm. I think they, I mean, this they, one. Though. I guess they were they were coming up along this alongside Lion King, so they just they knew where to go. Mm. Yeah. There you go. The Greatest story of a dead dad. Mm-hmm. So sad. In, in this one, though, I do like that they actually involved the mom, though. She wasn't just there at the beginning and like, okay, mm-hmm. see you later, guys. She's actually there throughout the whole movie trying to chase down the kids and save them, which is great for, you know, because that's a little different from the usual movies they do. But also you get more Julia Louis-Dreyfus, which is always great. True. Mm-hmm. It's also, I, had, I got like some uh, Home Alone vibes off of it. You know, like the mom trying to not that she she's the reason that the kids are gone or like lost or whatever. <laughs> but like, I got to fucking find my damn kids. I'll do anything. You know, I'll <laughs> hang out with this like weird manticore lady. You know, I'll, I'll lie to my centaur boyfriend. I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah, I thought it was a good idea, too. Also, mm-hmm. it's like one of those things where I can't I don't think you can cast her and not like have her be in more of the movie. So true. Yeah, you gotta well, like make that money worth it. Some of the other bit parts were like by people who I thought deserved like bigger roles, but I guess like uh, like who? One of the the other cops was like Ali Wong and mm. Lena Waith. Waith, yeah, mm, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you're saying. I mean, you know, they have Julie Dreyfus, they have Octavia Spencer as the Manticore, so they had to use them. And I'm glad they did, because, yeah, I think those two were, were fun. Um, even though the Manticore, uh, Octavia Spence's character, did kind of lose it pretty quickly and burn down a restaurant full of children. <laughs> Seemed a little rash, but I guess she was at her breaking point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a – the moms kind of went through – or moms. I guess she's not technically a mom, but the the – female leads went through like a lot of uh like kind of veiled trauma discussion and kind of like uh you know like unfulfilled life stuff which was kind Mm. of like a a nice unexpected uh story beat to go through um you know like as like a plot b to the kids trying to get back to dad you know it was like a unexpected unexpected way to go not something that i think would happen in most movies or most you know like houses would try and pull that off this thing is a thing that pixar can kind of like shoehorn in and it actually still works a little bit so that was that was pretty good i I like their their uh the way that they went about that pairing i thought that was pretty good yeah i would agree if anything i just yeah could use more of those two together yeah yeah um I kind of questioned that by the end of it, like what their 
point of them was, but <laughs> right. <laughs> like we're saying, you know, probably have to, you know, I don't know, give those actors more, more space, more time. And, you know, but I, I do it. like, I do like the idea that it was like, like, yeah, these kids are going through like some stuff, but then also like every character is going through some sort of crisis at any given time. Like, <laughs> mm. like reality. <laughs> Yeah, but yes, a, a, a sadly poignant, uh, well-timed movie that I don't think that was intentioned at all. But like, <laughs> right as everything was falling apart, it's just like, yeah, even the animated characters that we watch in movies, their lives are falling apart at all times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all desperate to go like out on an adventure, which we all are as well. Yes, to mm-hmm. to make to try and find some meaning in life. Mm-hmm. Manticore is addicted to energy drinks. <laughs> just, just fun little hat on there. It's getting too real. Uh, at one point in their journey, Ian Barley, uh, you run out of gas, have to fill their, their truck, their uh, Guinevere, full of gas, stop at a gas station. They encounter a group of uh, motorcycle gang of pixies, which was fun because, you know, the, pic- the motorcycles just drive up. Who's driving them? Ooh, I don't know. And there's a little pixies pop out. Uh <laughs> I don't really understand how they were driving them, but that's that's fine. Whatever. Uh, the question I had, though, has there ever been a movie where a motorcycle gang is like some kind of antagonist? And there isn't a scene where the protagonist knocks over said motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a it's Chekhov's motorcycles. <laughs> it's like it's going to happen. They're going to get knocked over. You know it is, and yeah, just it's tried and true. <laughs> yeah, I guess if it ain't broke, keep knocking them over. I can confirm that happened in the Sonic movie because I also <laughs> saw that recently. I, I think, um, I think the Sonic movie was the last movie that I saw in theaters, like wow. before everything blew up, uh, which was like if you know when AMC or Regal was you know declaring bankruptcy and AMC going out of business and I just like movie theaters in general are never going to be the same I'm just like if the last fucking movie that I saw <laughs> in the theater was Sonic I'm going to be so sad what a way to end it <laughs> I've heard that from so many people too which is really a bummer uh, so after our encounter with the Pixies um, Barley and Ian continue on their journey. Uh, they eventually are stopped by the police, which is where we get Lena Waithe and Ali Wong with their very tiny bit parts. Um, in this scene, you knew it was going to happen. So the, the brothers, the whole time, they're they're very close. Um, even though Barley, the older brother, is a little annoying, he's still very sweet, and supportive to his younger brother. Um, classic Pixar, where the the actual lead's kind of the most obnoxious one, but <laughs> regardless. Uh, and then when they're pulled over by the cops, they have the, the moment where they have to have conflict between them. Barley's always kind of seen as a screw-up around town. Ian's trying to support him, but because they're in this spell where you can't lie, Ian's kind of caught in a, uh, in a moment where he has to reveal that he too believes that his brother's a screw-up. Uh, did you like that that way of doing that uh, that conflict reveal, Frankie? Because you know it had to happen, uh, 
Mm-hmm. But this way, it's kind of like, I don't know. Did you, did you like how they revealed it? So as definitely like the formula point, right? Like you had to hit yeah. that at that moment, you know, like, you know, in the runtime and everything to eventually have the swing back and everything at the end. Um, yep. And I think, so I'm going to come clean and say that I, you, I might have teared up and probably definitely 100% cried at that point. And the really? reason is, is that I haven't seen uh, my brother in almost three years. Um, so when they started getting into the brother stuff, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is actually messing with me a little bit. I was not prepared, you know, for this. Because I thought it was just like, you know, it's like they're going to be on the road and maybe they mm-hmm. get in a fight and that's like, you know, like it or whatever. But then they like, this is how I secretly feel about my brother stuff coming up. I was just like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I was not prepared for this. So... I think it had a little bit more emotional resonance for me, and as such, I cannot look at it like with a clear, clear eyes, full heart. You know, it's got to be like, <laughs> yeah, I got emotional at that point. So, unfortunately, I thought it was good <laughs> because I got emotional. <laughs> well, that yeah, that actually yeah, that brings me to another point I had later too, because um, all of us here are uh, brothers of brothers. Um, I too, I like the moment too, though. I thought it was actually. If you're gonna do that, it was a pretty clever way to to mm-hmm. force him to reveal that he's a screw up. Um, I don't know if Kuji, did you feel the same way, or did you kind of you're like, yeah, it's too annoying. I, I mean, obviously you could kind of see it coming, um, that it was gonna happen eventually, like, you know, the shoe was gonna drop. But I feel like they did it twice because they did mm-hmm. it like, I can't lie, I think you suck. And then there was also like they after they get out of the sewer, they're like, You messed up everything, like mm-hmm. and I feel like they could have just went with like the latter one. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, 'cause that they they definitely did it twice. But I actually liked it the first time because that's it it felt like it was like in the flow, you know, he was forced to reveal his, you know, actual deepest thoughts of it. Even though he probably Ian, the younger brother, probably wouldn't have told his older brother to his face he's a screw up because they did love yeah. each other uh, whereas the second time they do it after they get through the, all the perils and get all the way to the very end that one's felt more forced to me hmm. it's like they, they got he, through all this rushed. it's what? Yeah, it seemed a little rushed to me I agree it's like they're at the end they have to have another like little rug pull yeah. I guess that, I think but, that was a, a runtime decision there. It's just like mm-hmm. we need to create one last bit of conflict so we can resolve it. And it's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> but, yeah, I felt like they didn't need that. Like they had it mm-hmm. at that one moment and that was fine. But then they got through it by going through all like the dungeon and all the crazy shit. And like, OK, these two brothers are as close as, as ever at the, as they've ever been. And I just felt like they could have just kept going that direction and like if you need Ian to be fart, like walk away, I don't know, figure out some other reason he walks away so that he can come back and save his brother. I don't when, know. When did they do the, um, uh, Ian realizes that the list is, is a barley list and not a dad list. Like that that's, was at the end. It's like, right. It's like after, after that, right? Conflict. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like two minutes. After. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think, that they probably could have just subbed that in, you know, like a, 
they're trying to figure out how they're going to do this last part or whatever. And then Ian looks at that, you know, and then they can they could basically have the same ending without needing there to be like a we just didn't die because we were a team, but I'm still mad at you because you make things difficult, you know. Because mm-hmm. it's just like a I think uh, having brothers, but just having family members in general, it's just like you could say that to everyone every day, you know. It's just like, yeah, this is kind of it's like the cost of doing business, you know. It's just like, yeah, things are tough when you're working with a family, but so what? It's like the better than the alternative. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. And actually, that was the point. That's what what it hit me the brother stuff when he's going through yeah. the list and realizing that his Too brother much. was the one who raised him. That that's what I got emotional and like ah Pixar you you've done it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to get through an entire movie, but you did it. <laughs> they gotta get you there. Um, and I was also thinking too, like, uh, you know, he's realizing that his older brother was the one who raised him in Lewis father. Um, reminded me of the best band speech I gave at my brother's wedding, where I think I said something to the degree of, oh you know, big brother, I love you, you know, you kind of raised me in a lot of ways. My brother, he taught me how to shave. How sweet is that? And I wonder back, I hope my dad wasn't offended by that. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, your dad's definitely alive. Yeah, just there. What the fuck? I have a great relationship with him. I hope he didn't take that the wrong way. Well, he's going to be listening to the pod, so just tell him that you love him. Love you, dad. (laughs) Big papa, just bought him a new pair of shoes. It was his birthday last week. Damn. Oh. Kind of a sweet pair of sneakers. Some Nike Dunks. They not Dunks. Jordan not Dunks, man. Kuji, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did did the brother stuff hit you at the end there? And did, did you kind of see that semi twist coming, where the list is all about his brother? Um, I didn't see it coming, but I knew like, I mean, obviously, because the plot he would have had to like come to terms with that um i i liked it i i was a little emotional like you guys as as well um having an older brother too um but two things I don't know i feel like that's it puts it puts a lot on the older brother to be like well actually he was your dad the whole time and also because it was chris pratt so, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> Un- undodgeable <laughs> well so i'm i'm the older brother in my brother mm. duo so like you know there was a lot of stuff where like it reminded me of conversations that i've had with my brother particularly about uh, the time frame when I went to college and he was still at home, you know, and like, so there's like a vacuum of, and I mm. did a lot of work uh, keeping my parents and my brother from all murdering each other. Uh, so when the referee was gone, uh, things got out of, out of hand. And like, so my brother and I always had like a pretty contentious relationship when we were living in the same house. And then when I left is when he realized that he actually missed me and stuff and so that kind of mm. like completely changed our relationship so that was the type of stuff where it's just like looking back on it like from the from the other side it's just like because he started appreciating me more at that point i realized the kind of the like truth of the relationship that we had had and so like remembering stuff like that was kind of why you know i got emotional 
because of it. So it was like, it was good, you know, and I think um, it doesn't happen. Like, brother stuff doesn't happen too much in movies. Um, no. You, you know, it's just like, it's usually like a, like there's a either a huge age gap and you just kind of look up to someone like almost in like mythological terms or like it's just yeah. like your brother is just the guy who beats you up all the time <laughs> and then when he doesn't beat you up the one time you're just like oh he's great you know like the whole it's like buzz um, yeah. from home alone to come back to home alone where it's just like you know he just says you're not a total wasteoid or whatever at the end. You're just like, oh, that's like the greatest thing you could. It's like that. So to actually have like there be some harmony there was actually pretty, pretty good. So, you know, it's like it's definitely something to kind of audit at the end of the movie as opposed to like as it's going through. So I think this is probably one of those ones that I've thought about more than a lot of the other Pixar movies because it was a more thought-provoking experience just from like a story standpoint and less about like you know like one really cool scene or like incredibly like the movie looks incredible or like it's like some kind of ground breaking thing that they're doing or whatever so because like the lack of that stuff in the movie i thought more about like the plotting of it and so i kind of gave it more of a more than just a once over and that was like one of the big things that came out of it it's just like this is like probably one of the better brother movies out there which i don't know if that was the intention of the movie but it definitely ended up being that so that was pretty cool yeah yeah it's true it's something rare you get in the movie um man we should have had all our brothers on the pod kooji <laughs> we should have could have gone five or six deep just, on this just would have talked shit the entire time <laughs> well, like um I think you're saying about uh how it was left less like art driven like i feel like with with soul it's like the scenes they had were like basically like photographs of new york mm-hmm. city and this one like wasn't going for like hyper realism it was still like kind of cartoony but i mean the animation was really good yeah like you could see they really like upgraded like their hair <laughs> rendering skills yeah yeah but, and I think maybe that's why I didn't feel like it was Pixar, just because, like, the art style was a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it was less, like, as brightly colored as it usually is. Like, the color palette was a little darker and stuff. But, you know what? I'm ready to accept that it is a Pixar movie. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> it took an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I that's... think I think you're right. It's like it's the movie that looks the least like a Pixar movie, which is a weird thing to say mm-hmm. considering like the gamut that they've run <laughs> from like subject matter and like animation yeah. style. But yeah, it's definitely I think that was some of the criticism that I saw too, that it's just like, oh, this is like the most dreamworksy Pixar movie that they've ever done, which I thought was a little uncharitable, but um, not that DreamWorks is bad or anything, but, you know, just kind of, like, it's a clear shot, you know? And it's just, like, it yeah. still looks good. Like, you know, like, the Manticore looked cool. Like, all of the, like, magic. I, I really love mm-hmm. the gelatinous cube. I thought that that whole thing <laughs> yeah, was yeah, really yeah. awesome. And it was, like, the clearest mm-hmm. uh, D&D call-out besides literally saying, you know, like, this is D&D in the game or in the movie. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just, like, yeah, it was, it was one of those things where there was a lot less spectacle and a lot less like 
truly kind of groundbreaking or thought-provoking subject matter so it was just more about like story this time around than anything where it's just like Mm -hmm. you know all the pixar like toy story driven movies have been like groundbreaking animation at that time and then on top of it it's been like really cool kind of human stories that are just playing out through toys or whatever you know so like this time i was just like oh well it looks good it looks okay you know and then so here's yeah. a story and it's like oh shit <laughs> story better be good <laughs> yeah kind of like we were talking about in soul um which we also touched on coco too there wasn't like that one like shot that made you really think like man i wish mm-hmm. i was watching this in the theaters <laughs> right like in Coco, when he first gets to the underworld, or Soul, mm-hmm. when he first gets sees the beyond, this was just yeah, pretty steady throughout. Nothing really, yeah, like you're saying, nothing really stood out um, in that for the visual side of it. But uh, the last battle, that was pretty fun. That was probably yeah. my my favorite part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that and that magic. was just kind of a, a sh- you know shot well. You know, like the the camera direction at that part was like super cool and super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that that too, like definitely going for the, the boss battle aspect <laughs> of it, you know? Yeah. He gets to pull out all his tricks and then did, uh, could you do like the, the choice at the end to not ever really show the father and to not have him have any real screen time in the movie? Um, I mean, based on the conversation they had or like the the montage they had before of like your brother has been there the whole time like i think it made sense narratively to not do that Mm -hmm. um and i think i mean yeah i think it was probably the right choice i think it would have complicated things because like what would you have him say for like six seconds (laughs) like exactly and i think you're following like uh tom holland's like kind of perspective the whole time so it it, it would make sense to just have him never meet him. Yeah. Frankie. Although if he's. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's the um, Tom Holland point is really good. Like, you know, the only time you shift away from his perspective really is when it's like with the mom, you know? So like yep. it, it would be strange to all of a sudden like have a scene, like e- even if he didn't go and talk to the dad, even if we had cut to the scene, and like you could hear what barley and the dad were saying it would have been like like a weird tonal shift all of a sudden to do that particularly because mm-hmm. it seemed kind of clear afterwards that they they talked about ian you know True. so it would have been weird to cut to them without ian <laughs> to have them talk about ian um but like the message is sweet right i think it's kind of like a if you're cool with the barley as ian dad um decision than the decision for him to not actually go and talk to, you know, his dad because, you know, by the, like, the metrics of the story he's been talking to his dad his entire life, uh, mm-hmm. then it's okay, you know. And it's kind of like the the seeing it through, like, the cracks in the rock, I think was also kind of like a smart move, you know, where it's not like you're literally also impeding him from being able to go there and do it, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, you're you're – you're allowing us to accept the decision by taking the opportunity for the decision away. Uh, so it's like, I think I thought it was pretty smart. It's, just, it's basically like if you liked the brother as dad, 
then it then it works <laughs> and if you were like well that kind of sucked then it's just like what the fuck this whole movie was about him meeting his dad and he doesn't want to do it at the end so <laughs> yeah no yeah i agree i think it was it was really well done really really clever how they had to force that scene basically and uh yeah it, it worked it all worked the ending i think is that was it came together at the end i think throughout i was kind of like eh, whatever this is kind of whatever boring mish not boring but just like very steady like the whole movie mm-hmm. seemed very steady and then post that last the rug pull the final fight the conversation all that that was the best part for me so that yeah. brought it home yeah for sure classic pic- pixar Right. You get that that last emotional gut punch. Did, did you guys think like were you guys uh like pretty aware of the runtime as you were watching it, like it being one of the shorter movies in the you know in the pantheon? Kuji. Um, I actually thought it in the middle it dragged a little bit. Right. I assumed it was like having not looked at it and not knowing right now off the top of my head, I would assume it's like an hour 45, but I'm sure it's not. It's one of one Oh two, I think. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty short. So like an, just an like, hour and two minutes. Uh, no, like, uh, one, <laughs> sorry, my bad. Uh, 100, 102 minutes. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, you're probably right with the, uh, like you know the credits and everything so you know but yeah it's it definitely it felt like a really long episode of a show which kind of also like built into the idea that this seems like it's kind of like a like the driving force behind the movie is like the middle part of a trilogy or something like that but the story Mm. itself is like the story from the first movie um so it was just kind of like tonally strange the entire time and so like yeah particularly in the middle when it's like what exactly is going on (laughs) right now like what why is this as important as anything else uh if it feels like uh like there there could have been some cuts and it might have been a little bit tighter i think Mm. yeah it's funny you asked that because this is like one of the few times i didn't just sit down and watch the whole movie straight through mm. i kind of like i watched half and then did something else and watched the other half later um so i i was kind of aware of the runtime because of that um but that kind of that kind of leads me to, to ask the question too like we're saying like pixar kind of has that you know almost patented like last 20 minute gut punch mm-hmm. uh so are you expecting that now has it become too formulaic that you kind of know that's going to happen and maybe takes away from it a little bit well, uh, Frankie, I, I, <laughs> I feel like the um, like I think when I was on talking about Coco, I talked about uh, your brother. We we're talking about brothers here. Jared's uh, I brother. can never remember the name of it. So I always call it something different every time. But uh, stinky and happy. Take a walk or whatever theory. <laughs> yeah. it's you know, theory, and yeah. it's just like and I think it's like, you know, all animated movies kind of have the same formula at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I don't know. It works, so it's tough to tough to think. It's like, how are they going to do the gut punch this time? Is more like what you're what you're experiencing. I try. It's it's difficult, like particularly when you do stuff like this, when you want to do a podcast or you want to kind of like write an article or think, you know, critically about a thing to just not 
bring prior knowledge into a movie watching experience. So it's difficult mm-hmm. to turn off your brain for that type of stuff. Um, I try and not think about it, but it always happens, <laughs> particularly when you got a movie that <laughs> lags in the middle. And it's just like, okay, well, I can yeah. see that X, Y, and Z is going to happen probably at this literal moment <laughs> or whatever. Um, so that might just be more of like a symptom of whether a movie is like just on the surface level inherently good or not. So I guess by like that standard, this is not a good movie, but I also enjoyed it. So it's kind of tough to kind of like parse those two things because it's like, yeah, we knew that there was going to be like they were going to fight. The second fight not only didn't make sense as far as like the formula is concerned, but it was also mm-hmm. kind of forced and unnecessary considering that the turn was like like who you said two minutes later. <laughs> um, so like there's really no point in that. Um, and yeah, it's just like, well, if I can get through the doldrums here in the middle, I know that the last 20 minutes is going to be something. Hopefully it's cool, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's like on the movie and the people that are making the movie to not let you be aware of the formula happening in real time. And I guess the way you do that is by keeping the movie interesting and trying to kind of flip it a little bit. But I don't think that a movie is inherently kind of boring or bad because it follows that really good formula it's just like the execution of it and i think that this is one that the execution was a little little lacking yeah yeah i think i'd agree so could you what, what are you thinking did you like it did you like the movie overall i did uh after like listening to, or well participating in this conversation <laughs> <laughs> um i i kind of think this could lend itself better to like a like an animated series sort of thing because i feel like there's a lot of like like universe building that could be in this Mm -hmm. and and it would be interesting to like i don't know delve into that because it seems like even with like little details like the kids at school that he like invites to his party like there seemed to be some sort of like fraught relationship between them that they never really go into like whatsoever and i feel like there's a lot like deeper ties like they must have so much like history written like before they did all the storyboards and stuff of Mm -hmm. like all the background everything so i mean i did like it i i would be well i was thinking about this do you think they'll make a sequel to this or do you think this is it it's a good question they do end it. I mean, so after they have their, you know, moment with their father, they end it. And kind of like we touched on earlier, there is some magic reintroduced into the world. And then they, they allude to the brothers going on some other kind of adventure, even though I don't know, it seems like they're just going to the grocery store, but (laughs) (laughs) they fly there in the, in the new van. Um, I I don't know. I, I think, you you both are right that it would lend itself to a, a series, like you mentioned earlier, Kuji. There's kind of some some zeitgeisty thing with these medieval magical times, which is now making me think of that uh, uh, Matt Groening show. The oh disenchantment. Uh, oh yeah, Disenchant- disenchantment or disenchanted. Yeah, yeah, disenchanted. So yeah, it could be like like that, but maybe like the the kid friendlier version of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the way like Disney Plus is going, they're kind of splitting everything into like features and then also into like 
shows to stream. So I, I wonder if they'll do that for Pixar or not. Hmm. I mean, I know they're, they got the properties, like, right? Yeah. Well, because they have, like, I think Cars spinoff series mm-hmm. that aren't, like, made by Pixar, but, it, like, the concept is Pixar. Oh, I mean, Planes? With <laughs> Planes, Starring yeah. Julie Louis-Dreyfus? Right. <laughs> <laughs> How'd we miss the, that the, one in our series? The Julia Louis-Dreyfus uh, extended cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, incredible stuff i mean if they if they could have that mom in more series i'd be happy <laughs> yeah i knew it <laughs> thick elf mom that's the that's just the name <laughs> the, of the series the series t tem thick elf mom <laughs> oh that's good stuff oh I, yeah i think it's it's kind of like um you know when you're doing sequels to stuff like this right it's just like what is the emotional through line and if the emotional through line on this has ended, would mm. it even make sense for there to be a sequel, right? Like, um, I was the, the one thing that I was kind of thinking of this, like, tonally, uh, was kind of similar to that uh, How to Train a Dragon movie, you know, where oh, it's just yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's, it's very much about, like, kids and parents and stuff like that and, like, trying to, like, find yourself and everything like that. There's no brother, sister or anything in it, but it's kind of a similar thing. And then every successive movie is about, like, different relationships with the parent. So maybe Mm -hmm. there's, like, some unhidden or some, you know, unseen aspect of their mom's life that they could kind of delve into um, to kind of, like, illuminate the three of them and their relationship over time or something like that. But it kind of seems like, well, what are you going to do, kill the mom? And they got to bring the mom back? You know, it's just like, (laughs) not thick elf mom, don't take her. The world's not ready for her to leave. <laughs> so yeah, I think also... I think it would be like magic, like high school magic uh, elves show would probably be the best way to go <laughs> with it. There does seem to be throughout the movie, like obviously the the thick elf mom still <laughs> is holding a torch for her her dead husband. <laughs> yeah, so, right. there's, there's a weird there's a weird dynamic there because like yeah the the cop horse cop boyfriends like calling her and like she's kind of ignoring him sometimes and like too focused on the, the sons and the ex, the father so you maybe her in the manticore so fuck him that's true all, all centaur cops are bastards mm-hmm. <laughs> i was i wrote down a few oh, yeah. different uh versions of that <laughs> i was trying to figure it out like all cults are bastards <laughs> yeah. well do you think the manticore and the mom would hook up like i feel like they had a good like rapport yep. yeah She's a lot. I like her a lot more than Colt. It's just, yeah. like, it's just a name I don't want to say. Like you know, as like my stepdad. It's just like I'd rather have Manticore the stepmom than Colt. <laughs> Fuck off, Colt. Colt. You're not my real dad. <laughs> you also like they called her uh, Corey. Manticore. Yeah, that was, Corey. That was good. That's yep. That's, that's um, one of the would... best uh, unexpected voices out of a character model uh, pairs <laughs> uh, in in cinematic history and just that that was a great voice coming out of that ferocious beast <laughs> yeah yeah that's true i'd be remiss if i didn't mention that unlike soul john ratzenberger actually has a, a pronounced speaking part Hell yeah there it is yeah the ratzenberger reports back <laughs> thought it was dead he's the uh construction worker at the end who tells the barley to get out of there 
uh, I can't remember what his name was now. I thought I wrote it. It's down. like his name was a reference to something. something. Oh, but now I'm forgetting it. <laughs> Not a great reference. It's Fenwick. Is that a reference to something, Frankie? <laughs> Fenwick. Fenwick? Uh, it sounds like a generic. Pop it in the Wu Tang name generator. See what happens. <laughs> right? Is it? Is it? Uh, he's like a cyclops or something, right? Yeah. I wonder. I wonder is, if that's yeah. like. I wonder if that's like a cyclops name or something. Fenwick. I mean, Fenwick only has one eye in it. <laughs> no. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. I think the Wu Tang name generator's down. It's not working for me. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to get on that. <laughs> Is the domain available? Let's buy it. <laughs> Servers are down. Um, all right, so I think we, we ran through everything there. Um, any stray points we missed, uh, Kuji? You had to get in there. Huh. That was a good um, good Ratzenberger pool there. That was that was solid. I, know, I honestly almost forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget. Probably would have got ran right through that. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other. Mm. Uh, while you're thinking, you know, I, I had one. Uh, throughout the movie, there's just like so many times where Farley Stone Ian to focus. And I was like, is this movie like a hidden Ritalin ad? <laughs> 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 he's in high school. He's out in trouble. Like, I oh, just got to take Ritalin and then he could be a wizard. Yeah. Ritalin is magic. <laughs> Ritalin is yeah. magic. <laughs> we figured oh, it out. It wasn't. Like... It wasn't environmental. It wasn't anti-capitalist. It was pro-Ritalin <laughs> the whole there time. <laughs> Big Ritalin. Um, he becomes like a magic like professor, but isn't he still in high school? Well, I think he's just giving a presentation. And I, was oh, like, I thought he like took over the class. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what that was. Just like a yeah high school presentation, as you do. I was a little confused throughout. Like I was like, wait, is this like his first day of high school? But then he knew all those kids, like. Right. And kind of like you mentioned earlier, there there seems to be some untouched dynamic there because you thought maybe those kids would be like the mean jocks or something, but they were really nice to him. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. they wanted to come over for the party, and he was just like spazzing out on it. Yeah. So there must be some relationship there. And they seemed like a fun bunch. So there's your sequel. Boom. Well, it could be like you know they have the they did a big Hero Six show for a while. And it was just oh. like the gang, you know. So that's that would be that would be probably you know just like you know just do uh, Save by the Bell, but it's Ian and the other monsters, <laughs> Monster High School. There you go, Fenwick and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a uh, fun fact: early draft of the movie, uh, instead of it being magical and in, 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 in realms, similar to Soul, it actually focused on two young scientists who were trying to bring their father back to life piece by piece. Oh. The father was trying to invent something that could allow him to communicate with the dead, but ended up dying instead, ironically. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. So they, Pixar keeps writing these stories for scientists and then scrapping them because they think no one cares about scientists. They hate, they hate scientists. <laughs> Poll show. No one's going to show up for a science movie. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's in the zeitgeist now, too, unfortunately. That's <laughs> true, yeah. Time to rewrite it. Uh, any straight thoughts from you, Frankie? Any Anything we missed? Uh, 
Nah, I think we I think we we covered a lot of ground there. I agree. We we hit all the walls. Uh, I think we all agree it was pretty good. Maybe had some flaws, but still worth you know worth seeing. Yeah, I'd say I'd say yeah. it's you know it's still Pixar. Uh, despite what so. could you might have thought at the beginning of the plot, <laughs> he's come around. Uh, but yeah, I say it's it's like mid tier. You know, it's it's not it's not the mm-hmm. worst. Um, you know, and it's you, if you got Disney Plus, you can watch it whatever you want. So might as well. Yeah, and kind of like we we're saying, it's uh, there's no huge spectacles that'll make you uh, sad that you're not in the theater. So it's a perfect That's home true. watch. <laughs> That's true. Alrighty, well, I guess that about wraps it up. Thanks for coming on, Frankie, and, and talking onward with us. Thanks for having hey, me, thanks, guys. Dude. So we still have uh, Toy Story 4 to knock out, and then we'll we'll have the full breath. I, I think last time I wasn't sure whether or not we did Toy Story 4, but I confirmed we never did. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, they like they swapped the release dates on that in Incredibles 2. I could be making that up. Yeah, yeah, they did. Okay, and then right after that, my computer died and like I haven't had the ability to record since then. <laughs> so that's why we missed it, but we'll get that one. We'll, we'll knock it out, get the whole uh, and then we, toy story. We got some shorts too, I think. Yep. And then we got to knock out all the shorts and then we got to do our thumb wars podcast. That was the best aggression uh, of any of the asterix arts that I've ever heard. It's just like the deep dive in cultural awareness of thumb wars and the thumb <laughs> movies was so great. The best thing to do on a podcast is to talk about other potential podcasts. Right. All right. Well, this podcast in the book. Thanks for for tuning in. So next time, bye-bye. Bye. Boopity-boop, bye. Not thick elf mom, don't take her. <laughs>